Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And you are looking at me solo. Neil has some stuff to do. Came up really quick with the main gig. So want to apologize for Neil not being on, but we will have Neil Kulong on the show the entire year. Steeler Nation was not the start that the nation was looking for. Before we jump into that, though, if you want to participate on the program, do a search for the new standard and go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard again. And Lance Williams and Neil Kulong. Also, if you want to catch us after this show and not live, you can also catch us via podcast. Go to your podcast feeder that you use and do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams or Neil Kulong. Want to welcome you all to the 2023rd edition of the program. And the title of the show is It Was Really Junior Varsity, but you could also probably say, Yikes, that it was just really bad. And it was just. Uh, really bad. And I'm getting the text here from Neil. Neil might hop on at about 10 minutes, man. And we'll get his thoughts on the show. It was, <laughs> I could have named the program. Yikes. It was really bad. And before I jump into some numbers with this program, uh, and we're going to jump into some of your comments and I may jump into some of those before Neil hops on. Thank you, big male. Thank you. Fee. Thank you. West. Thank you. Rich. Thank you, everybody, from hopping onto the program. Raymond Santiago, thank you, everybody that hopped onto the program. And I know you guys are fired up. I'm fired up. You guys are pissed off. But before I jump into some numbers, I just want to say this. The preseason has to be taken with its level of context. Not much game planning, trying to get a rhythm, trying to work through it. And I get it. And you should be excited about some of the stuff that you see in preseason, but you have to take it with a grain of salt. Now, and, and I think Steeler Nation should have been encouraged. I mean, the preseason was fabulous. Kenny Pickett was fabulous. We knew that Kenny Pickett was not going to be as dominant and the offense wasn't going to be as good as it was uh, when you started the real season. And me and Neil talked about it, although we both picked the Steelers to win this game. We thought that game one would be an awesome test for this team. And it was a test that they failed. I mean, they could have had all the questions and the way they played and got their ass whooped. Uh, it looked like they would have failed everything as well. So let me jump into some of your questions uh, before we get Neil onto the program. And I want to say big up to Blue Gold. New listener to the program, pick up to you. And Blue Gold said, I've embraced as a Steeler fan for this to be our opening game showing. Big up the Blue Steeler, though, with the uh, the picture of the notorious B.I.G. And when I'm looking at the comments, it's funny how the comments start like that. Mel is excited. Oh, I can't wait. Steelers for life is like, oh, yeah, the season starts, baby. West jumps in, third comment of the season. And let's hope this is not indicative of the season. West jumped in and said, what a pathetic 
embarrassing effing game. And let's jump into some of these comments. Raymond Santiago jumped off and said, second and eight and down by 20. What do competent people do? Pass the ball. What does Canada do? Run. Calls a run. It's third and two. Third and two, excuse me. What do competent people do? Run the ball. What does Canada do? He passes the ball. Well, I can just say this. Canada was dry like the soda. And we have my partner in crime, Big Neil, jumping onto the program. Uh, let me see if I can add Neil to the program. I think I'm, uh, let's see this. See if I can add Neil here. Uh, for some reason, oh, there he is. We've got Big Neil on the program on the good side, the Steelers side. What's up, Big Neil? We won't do the questions, but let's just jump into it, Neil, and we could just give your thoughts on this game to just get it started. Wow, what a what a fantastic game that was. Yeah. I think I I don't know if we have seen the Steelers play as poorly as they did at the, the functional minutes of the game um, in, in a while. I, I feel like I've said that a couple times over the last couple seasons. This might have been the most surprising, not because of the strength of their opponent. San Francisco 49ers are a very good football team. Uh, I am not surprised they won the game. The manner in which they won it, I don't think they broke a sweat. I mean, they, they, it, the level of physicality between the 49ers and the Steelers was, was shockingly one-sided. I don't know if I've seen a Steelers team get kicked around the way they did today. Uh, a a, a flat-out embarrassment for Pittsburgh, uh, regardless of optimism heading into the season. The level uh, of production that they had, the lack of execution, the amount of operational mistakes offensively, inexcusable, unacceptable, what, whatever term you want to use. I don't think I'm, I'm speaking too far away from what uh, people are thinking in this game. Awful performance today. Um, very disappointing. Um, if nothing else, TJ Watt was probably probably going to be named defensive player of the week, uh, ironically, in one of the worst <laughs> defensive really? performances we've seen <laughs> in quite a while. Those are my knee-jerk thoughts on what was you know a pretty surprising game to me. I did not think they would come out uh, nearly as flat as they did. Um, it was a great preseason. They looked good. Perhaps they should have kept the ones in uh, longer than they did because they didn't show up today at all. <laughs> they got, I mean, they got their ass whooped. And I think some of these numbers that I'm going to point to at the half, and we all say it's a four quarter game. Honestly, this game was two quarters. Actually, this, <laughs> this game was this three game, drives. This game might have been a quarter and a half. They were getting their <laughs> ass whooped. And let me give you some of these stats. At halftime, the Niners were 4-7 on third down, 42%. Steelers were 1-7, 14%. The Niners had 222 yards of offense at half. The Steelers had 77. Niners, 14 first downs. Steelers, 6. Niners had the ball 21 minutes. <clears throat> Steelers or 22 minutes, Steelers eight. Yards per play, Niners six, Steelers three. Yards per attempt, 7.3, Steelers 3.05. Snaps 40 to 27, total dominance by the 49ers. I mean, this was easy. 
I mean, this was easy. I mean, if you're the 49ers, this is just how you wanted to start this game, except uh, Trent Williams got nicked up a little bit late in the game. But when I watched this, and the thing that I said that you missed in the intro and the start of the show, Neil, was the tears. I, I kept thinking of the word tears in class that when you look at these two teams, you see the stark talent difference on both sides of the ball. And you look at a team that, hell, has been a, at the NFC Championship, what, the last three years. This is a well-oiled machine. And they look like this was just a continuation of last year, not first game 2023. And the Steelers look like they were in a different tier, in a different class. This looked like a warm-up bout to get the rust off before we get the season going. Is this rust? I mean, it, it's it's hard to break this down. As, as a, a member of sports media, I've covered games like this many times. These are the hardest ones to describe because it's so early. You don't have anything to go back on. You also don't really have a great sense of where the, the season is going for anybody. And everyone's going to say this, I know, just to, to throw it out there now. Joe Burrow played a terrible game. Statistically, from what I saw, I haven't had a chance to watch any of it. He played a terrible game. Um, nobody's going to write off the Bengals after one game. I did, did Cleveland win? They won, right? I think they won. Yeah, yeah. Cle I, I think I've Cleveland had a won. hell of an afternoon here. Um, we we want to put things into the proper perspective, but we don't want to let anybody off the hook here either. That game was five times as bad as the score indicated. It really was. And I get the feeling watching this again, it's going to look even worse. Um, I was the, the, the thing that keeps coming out to me more than anything, Lance, was, was physicality, just a complete lack of physicality. They got pushed up front often. You know, Christian McCaffrey had, had the one big carry. They knocked three defensive backs on their asses on that play. Badly. Um, they wait, got Neil. whipped. A lot of people in the comments are making a comment about Levi Wallace on mm. that particular play. Yeah, well, and Levi like, Wallace was the one on his back. He wasn't even on did his back. He, and, and Raymond Santiago, uh, he responded, I demand an answer for why Levi Wallace randomly jumped into the floor instead of tackling CMC on his long TD run. Honestly, it, it, I honestly, Neil, when I saw him running down the sidelines, man, I just went to the bathroom and just, you know, I took a bathroom, a bio break. I knew he was going to score. I just figured I'd just take a break. I didn't see, honestly, Levi Wallace jump out the way or jump to the ground. What was your thoughts on that play? Did you see Levi Wallace do that? I Oh, I saw Levi Wallace. It was hard to miss Levi Wallace. Um, <laughs> it, you're going to find that, you know, I, I don't want to put myself into this category. I'm saying it because these are the people that I talk to. The, the hardcore football people are going to have a real problem with the way Levi Wallace played in this game. Um, I, honestly, they're not going to, but it's the type of game where I, I wonder if he's going to be cut after it. It was that bad. I mean, he, he didn't compete for anything. Brandon Ayuk, I, I really like Brandon Ayuk as a player. I think he's really good at what he does. The Steelers took Kittle away. You know, that was their focus. They were going to make somebody else beat him. Ayuk had to step up and make plays, and he did. 
I thought Patrick Peterson defending the the, the touchdown that he had, he, he defended that the way he should have. That's a yeah, tough play. That's great and I just beat him on that play. Uh, great throw by Purdy as well. Wallace, though, had several, um, whether they were tackle attempts or whether they were coverages, it, he didn't compete. He wasn't, he wasn't competitive on the play. I don't know another way to put it. It's just like it, it's week one of the season. You need to be fighting a bit harder than that. I, I was really disappointed in that. When a guy gets his hands on you, and I'll, I'll say this too, um, our boy, Darnell Washington, flattened the hell out of Nick Bosa. Oh, okay? yes, he did. It's a great it play. A- Nick Bosa is 20 times the player George Washington is. Or George Washington. Darnell Washington is. <laughs> I swore I was never going to do that. It, it's not a question that Washington is better than Bosa. It's a great highlight. It's one play. With Wallace, you saw it consistently in this game. He didn't compete. Washington competed on that play, and he got the better of Bosa. Bosa's a phenomenal player. It's a, it, it's a nice highlight for Washington to have. There's some optimism on that. Wallace, to me, didn't look like he competed at all today in this game. Very, very frustrated. Not nearly as frustrated as I am with Kenny Pickett. And I, I'm only saying this, Lance, because at some point we're going to need to segue into Matt Canada because everyone's going to freak out yes. about that. Have yes. you seen a quarterback up to and including Mitch Trubisky who played worse than Kenny Pickett did today? Because I don't think I have. I'll Before- have an answer for you on Wednesday. I don't think I have. <laughs> Before we get to Kenny Pickett and – Let's just say this again, listeners, you're checking out the new standard. The name of the program, excuse me, today is It Was Really Junior Varsity. Breakdown of the Steelers versus the 49ers. Let me say it like this, Neil, and I'll echo what you're going to say. For my brief stint of coaching, coaches never want to have, never want to coach effort. It's not as if you mind getting beat or you mind seeing your players get beat, so on and so forth. But what, you, but, but what you don't like is your guys getting beat and them not showing effort. And I, I think you could honestly question Levi Wallace's level of effort in this game. Uh, I'm not going to say he quit, but I'm going to say that his effort was not up to par and I think they're going to point that out in film session. They they are going to absolutely point that out. But to Kenny Pickett, they had Kenny playing fast. Kenny was playing fast. I don't know if it was the adrenaline. I don't know if it was the fact that the Niners were kicking their ass so fast that they were out of rhythm. I joked on threads that I'm not even sure the Steelers got out of their play script by the end of the first half. I mean, they had only run like maybe 15, 20 snaps by the end of first half. And a majority of that, 27 actually to be exact, and a majority of that came on the last drive in which they scored the touchdown. But this definitely was not one of Kenny Pickett's best efforts. It was definitely not uh, week 18, so to speak, of year one where you saw the type of player that you saw in the preseason, you saw – uh, the progress of him as a player that everybody was excited about during the preseason. Uh, this was pretty bad, but I don't want to make a bigger statement than what it is because there's a lot of football left, but this was a stinker. What, 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 like, what, what, what were you thinking when you were watching Kenny during this game? He made JV throws. 
plain yes. and simple. He made JV throws today. That interception, that this is what I really wanted to get to. This royally pisses me off because everyone wants to blame Deontay Johnson for absolutely everything. They want to blame whoever else it was. That was a, a god-awful throw. Horrible spot for him to throw that ball. Deontay Johnson is 5'10". He's throwing a, a jump ball against a corner of, of equal size when his receiver is inside. He had inside leverage. He threw it outside. He threw it to the defender. It's not that Deontay slipped. He had no chance of catching that ball over the defensive back. The defensive back was right in front of him. Pickett put it exactly where they trained them to go catch the ball. He didn't have to do anything. Pickett's throw was terrible. He threw a hospital ball to Frymouth in the end zone. Frymouth should have held on to that, to be fair. Not a good throw. He missed him on another one. That He missed him on another one. Uh, just a simple curl route that Pickett for some reason threw two yards to his right. Farnworth was expecting it anywhere, if not straight in his gut, to be to his left. He was leaning left, had to come back. That's how he fell over his knee. Another first down opportunity that they, they, they failed to, to convert. Um, he had, I'm, I'm being generous, five of the worst throws we've seen of him from his career. A, a flat-out horrible game from Pickett today. I'm, I'm not trying to be overdone with this or anything, I'm just saying your coach does not tell you throw the ball in the wrong spot, okay? That's what Pickett did today several times, and it destroyed them offensively. When you're playing a team as efficient and as powerful as the 49ers are offensively, you cannot waste those kinds of opportunities. And to get into the operation itself, as in functionally the things that they're doing, the rhythm, um, the assignment chemistry, the, the, the crispness of it all, it's as if this was their first preseason game. How many times did Calvin Austin act as if he was taking a handoff when he was a yard past the center? You're telling the defense, I'm not involved with this play at all. You're trying to sell a jet sweep motion like that to set up a future use of it. You can't do that if he runs past the center before the snap. That's coordination. That I'll put on Canada. But these kinds of things, they were apparent in week one last year too. That's the frustrating part of this. And a lot of this is on your quarterback. Yes, the coaching is responsible for it, but your quarterback is the guy that's putting all this stuff together. So the next time I hear that a quarterback has taken all of his, his receivers down to Florida to go work together, I'm going to point out this game. Because you did that. I don't know what you did when you were down in Florida, but you didn't learn a whole lot. You didn't develop any chemistry. That was it, it was atrocious offensively. They're lucky they even scored. Yes, Miserable they are performance they, from they, Pittsburgh offensively today. They, they are. They they are very lucky uh that they scored. I want to give a big shout out to Grayson Brown, who made the trip to Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, Grayson, and he wrote, Lance, I did not want my first visit to PGH in over 20 years to have this home loss. Shake my head. Now I got to deal with the unhappy city. But, man. Hey, 20 hey. years ago, they sucked. Think of it that way. <laughs> when you left, they were terrible. It was their, their last losing team. And they play nine games like they played this one. This is going to be their next losing team. And I want to give a shout-out. To my guy, Todd Wheat, my boy, who's a San Francisco 49er fan, who was texting me the entire game. Mm. Also want to give a shout out to my wife, who is a Niner fan, who was cracking jokes with about uh, 10 minutes into the first quarter. Like, uh, 
are y'all going to score? Wow. <laughs> she's, she's cracking jokes. She's laughing. Was, she didn't like, even rut row. <laughs> this doesn't she, look good. She didn't even get worried. She just went up behind her business, made her bagel, checked the score. Oh, it's 17 already. Oh, are you guys going to score? Thank you, Linda Williams, for uh, not rubbing it in too bad, but it was pretty bad because the shade was subtle and exact. And also, last but not least, big up to my boy Kyle Rhodes, my roommate from high school, Steeler fan who was on his way to Hawaii. And he said, yeah, I watched the game on the plane, and uh, the, the turbulence was about as bad as the Steelers' performance in the game. The, the plane that, was about as wobbly as Kenny Pickett's downfield passes were? Yes. I mean, what do you do? I know it's a long season, right? You got 16 more of these. Uh, you know, you look in some of the comments – you know, Wes says Pickett doesn't look ready for the NFL. Uh, you know, I, I don't it, think it, I would it, say it, that. It, it wasn't it – would okay, let's put it like this. Would, when you see a quarterback who really doesn't have a sense of what's going on, you're, you're looking at – for example, if anybody watched the Nebraska-Colorado game, the poor kid at quarterback for Nebraska, he has no clue what's going on. He's not ready for that position. Mitch Trubisky, in many of his starts – looks like he's not ready. I didn't feel Pickett looked like that. Pickett couldn't have hit the broadside of Casey Hampton's ass yesterday today. That's a big broadside. He, he couldn't make a throw to save his life, all right? And so when you put it in the sense of he made the right reads. He had receivers open. He had time. He just didn't deliver. That's the basic job of a quarterback. A large part of that is not it, it, it's not preparation. This was not a Matt Canada issue. Everyone's going to freak out about it. You're all going to talk about how it, over technical the situation really was. Pickett had opportunities. He missed throws. Okay. That's really what it was. I don't feel that makes him not ready. I just think he had a, a an extremely poor game and it worries me tremendously because you're never going to win with a quarterback playing like that. And if that's what Pittsburgh has, if he's capable of playing that badly, if he's capable of missing that many passes in week one with all of his skill players there, with his whole offensive line that's been together for however long, all of his buddies he took down to Florida, if he had all of that on his side and this is how he performed, what's going to happen in November, December? What if it rains next week against Cleveland? They're outside. What happens? You have to worry about that now. That's a problem with the team. You're trying to move forward, and you're not able to do that if your quarterback can't do the basic things uh, in order to for an offense to survive. Last year, he Absolutely. didn't look quite ready. I get it last year, but he improved as the season went on. He took three steps back today from where he was. He was awful. One of the things that we talked about in the pregame that we talked about was tackling. That showed up as well in this game, most evidenced by – that long run by CMC. But let me jump into this question from C-Mac. And we're going to look at the defense real quick. And he asked the question, Neil, all three inside linebackers look like guys that don't fit the scheme at all. You got any I, thoughts I, on I, inside linebackers? I, I disagree completely. I think they are exactly the guys they signed. <laughs> okay? We knew this. <laughs> you, know what, you know what San Francisco did the entire game? They ran crossers deeper yes. down the field and yes. drug a guy right underneath the uh, right over the absolute depth of their linebackers drops because they yep. can't drop. That's who they signed. Okay. We knew that this was not an issue of Cole Holcomb and his mullet. All right. It wasn't how 
how many plays he can make at or behind the line of scrimmage. What's he going to do when you have a, a crossing route scheme team, an option route scheme team? What's going to happen when they're throwing at nine and he can only drop to seven and be competitive? We found out today. That's what happened. Everything was open across the field. We're going to continue to blame the corners. The corners aren't playing man all the time if a guy cuts across the middle. Why would they? You're beaten the second he cuts across the middle. It's a zone defense at some degree, and everything is a man defense to some degree. Your linebackers drop. When they're getting depth, they're covering that overhead spot, and the Steelers' linebackers are not going to be able to do that very well. That's who they signed. They hoped their, their athletic safeties, that they've paid both of them a lot of money, uh, could step up and make plays, but they got caught deeper down the field by some very dangerous, very talented receivers. Is Cleveland going to be able to do that next week? I doubt it. It's not going to be that big of a deal. You're playing one of the best teams in the game, though. They had to stay a little bit deeper. They had to drop a little bit deeper. So McCaffrey makes that a lot harder. It's a really tough team to defend. This is why they averaged 27 points a game. And we knocked – we kind of gracefully knocked Brock Purdy. But once again, Brock Purdy goes out, is the ultimate point guard, executes – and just makes the plays that are there and that are available to him. And bang, bang, bang. The one play to Ayuk in the corner was an excellent play. But I want to jump into a comment real quick from Wes Hickok. And big up, Wes, man. Wes got to uh, to fire Tomlin already 17 minutes after one. Hate to be that guy. But this is he's, how he's not even early. Goes. Everyone was saying that after three drives. <laughs> Is what they do every year. It, it's look. I I understand the frustration, and I have plenty of frustrations offensively. The 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 operation part of it was lacking again. To me, it, it's not a whole lot different than last year when they kept getting illegal man down the field penalties. Those are operational mistakes. You yeah. are not in rhythm with one another. It, it it shows me you didn't practice this enough. You are not in coordination with one another. And the person responsible for that is the off. Ultimately, it's the offensive coordinator. You have to have those things down. And they didn't. Today, it wasn't that because I don't think they even tried considering the speed of, of uh, San Francisco's linebackers. By the way, is Fred Warner not like one of the three best defensive players in the game? Did you see Absolutely. him? He's the best oh linebacker my God. in the game for sure. And, and Greenlaw was everywhere as well. You don't run short stuff with those monsters on the field. So we wouldn't get to see their their failures in keeping their linemen behind the line of scrimmage before their idiot quarterback releases the ball. But again, I, I, I can't say this enough, and people aren't going to think it's a big deal. The ball has to be snapped before the motion clears the center. Otherwise, there's no point. <laughs> exactly. If you do it after it, he needs to keep running hard and sell the defense that he's a part of it. When he's faking the handoff part, when he's at the guard, it's like, okay, <laughs> why are you even bothering? You're wasting all of your time. And now the entire defense knows you're not in the play. So now, usually, if you account for the quarterback, it's 11 on 10 in favor of the defense. If you take away a receiver as well, it's 11 on 9. What are you doing at that point? The defense, believe me, they know, okay? They're watching these things. The safeties, the linebackers are paying attention to where that jet is going. If he is is acting as if he's getting the ball to the the non-play side, they're flowing to the other way. And now you've got two bodies for every one and a half of theirs. That's a huge advantage. I and was making a point. Your, your offense isn't going anywhere. 
I was making a point to my dad and he was talking about the difference in the team speed that kind of showed up. And I was saying that when you look at team speed, a lot of times it translates to the plan and them knowing what they're supposed to do and them locked into their assignments. It's a game where one false step, half false step, any type of thinking, yep. the difference in speed shows instantly the Niners were dialed into what the Steelers wanted to do there were no false steps I mean there were no false steps at all they were playing downhill the entire game and and so it it looked like they were running at five uh, like five times the speed of the Steelers now there was a comment before we get out of here Neil Moose kept talking about it over and over and over again and this goes to Richard Kikorian's comments about will Coach T throw away the game, the tape of game one? We have the store at 11, channel 420. And he talked about over and over and over again. Their job to make sure they know what the F is going on. That's what I was thinking. So they can teach it. I was like, this isn't a, I was like, this is excellent teaching tape. I was thinking the exact thing. Watching it for his entertainment, he needs to diagnose what went wrong and fix it. That's his job. Yeah. Yeah. And before we jump out of here, Neil, some big injuries. Cam, Leal, Muth, Johnson. <laughs> the fact got that hurt. That's like a tertiary story to all Yikes. of Yikes. Four key players went down. That's in not game. good. And yet elbow was the description for DeMar- DeMarvin Leal. That's that's not a week long thing. If you know that your elbow is hurt, it's not because your elbow is bruised. Okay. There's a there's a problem. Cam was already hurt, played, got hurt again, tried to go back and play, couldn't do it. That doesn't look good for next week. Deontay Johnson is a receiver. If you don't have your hamstring, that's at least a week. You know, you can you can try to gut it out, but he's not going to be the same player. Farmworth took a shot. I mean, that yes, was he did. Oof, that, that was a hospital. That, that sounded hospitable. Painful. Yeah, and that's uh, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Um, I you know that that's a chest injury. That isn't something you just come back from in a week. That's bruised ribs. You hope they're not broken. Either way, though. Uh, your ribs are are pretty vital to your breathing process. <laughs> You're not able to breathe very well if your ribs are hurt because it hurts like a son of a bitch. Yes, and it that's does. the case. You're not doing a whole lot of running. You're not taking a whole lot of hitting. You're probably not going to be on the team. So unfortunately, Zach Gentry is with the Bengals, although he's with the practice squad. They could sign him back if Ryan Wuth is going to be out for a while. We hope not. Not trying to speculate. I'm just saying they, they took some pretty significant injuries in this game as well. Not just their pride, not just their ego, but four players that uh, should be positive contributors to their year. You know, before we get out of here, by the time the game was over, you know, I was just singing to myself the BK commercial. BK, have it your way. Your rules. Because I was just thinking, man, the Niners are doing it any way they want. I was just like, this is, you know, I want this game with extra cheese. I need extra onions, <laughs> double slice of another patty. It was like, it was just whatever. They did whatever they want. This is definitely not the start that Steeler Nation was looking was, for. The Steelers were singing BK and then ended up at White <laughs> Castle. Yes. Or Crystal. Uh, it was, I mean, this was just not the start of the year that they wanted, but. You know, this doesn't count for more than it does. It's one loss. The Steelers have 16 more of these, and they're going to have to get back to it and find some answers for next week's game against the Cleveland Browns. But with that, we're going to conclude the show. And I just want to say, MBK, have it your way. Go Steelers.